Welcome to Unfolding Words. This is episode number 35, When the Storms of Life Hit Hard. I'm your host, Antracia Moorings, and every week I come to share biblical truth that offers light for your walk and life for your soul. Thank you so much for pressing play this week, and I want to give a shout out to all of the new listeners. I've gotten feedback on some new listeners who have joined us, and I so appreciate you tuning in. Today, I want to talk about the storms of life. They are an inevitable part of our existence, and if we pay attention, they can teach us some very valuable lessons about God and about ourselves. Today, I'm going to focus on chapter 27 of the book of Acts, and it provides a great insight on how to navigate storms. Now, this chapter is chock full of action. It's straight out of an adventure scene of of a movie, if you read it. Um, So let me give a summary for those of you who may not know the story. So Paul and 267 men, including prisoners and sailors, are boarding a ship for Rome. Now, Paul was a prisoner at this time. Julius was a Roman centurion who was in charge of the ship, and they landed in Sidon where Paul was allowed to meet his friends and get supplies from them. Then they passed Cyprus with heavy winds, keeping them from landing, and across the sea, they go to Myra in Lycia. They end up switching ships and sail into a new city, and the wind was still blowing hard as they made their way to a place called Fair Havens on the island of Crete. A lot of travel time had been lost, and by this time, fall had come, and this was a time where winds blew incessantly over the Mediterranean. So Paul, who was a seasoned traveler by this time, he had already been shipwrecked three times, advised the centurion to stay in Crete for the winter, but his advice was ignored. So they set sail and a huge nor'easter swept down from the island, pushed the ship off course. And the men had to throw the ship's cargo and tackle overboard in order to survive and they ended up drifting for days, losing all hope of being saved. But Paul tells the men to take heart for they will be saved and only the ship and the cargo will be lost. An angel of God had stood beside him and told him that he and the crew would make it safely to Rome, but they would run aground on an island. So after two weeks adrift, the men wanted to abandon the ship and head to lifeboats. But Paul told the centurion that they would die if they did so. They finally followed his advice. Then Paul urged everyone to eat. He gave thanks to God for the bread. They all were encouraged. And after eating, they threw the grain overboard to lighten the ship. The next day, they saw land and decided to run the ship aground. The ship struck a sandbar before making it to the beach. So the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners who were on board so that they wouldn't escape when they swam to shore. But the centurion wanted to save Paul's life, so no one was killed. Everyone reached land safely by either swimming or floating on pieces of the ship. Now, when they were in the thick of the storm, verse 20 says, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Hopelessness descended upon them as they had to sail blind on the open sea. So they had no navigational tools on the open sea. So their only means of getting their bearings was the sun and the stars. But even those hadn't appeared for many days. Anybody been there? 
tossed about by the storms of life with nothing to help you navigate. You feel weak and eventually helpless and hopeless. The passengers on the ship had thrown the cargo and tackle overboard to lighten the load, but it appears they'd thrown their hope away with it as well. Paul's attitude about the storm provides so many teachable moments for believers. And if you're not acquainted with this chapter, I urge you to just take a slow walk through it, take in all the details, look up all the locations, do a little research, and take some notes on how Paul navigates the storm. In life, contrary winds are just par for the course. When Paul, the prisoners, and the sailors set out for sea, little did they know what would befall them. They had no idea that this major storm would come upon them. But in the middle of the storm, they had one word from God to hold on to. Paul showed a firm faith in God during this storm. Twice he told his shipmates to take heart. We see this in verses 22 and 25. This is similar to how Jesus was on the Sea of Galilee when a storm arose, when he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? This is the same spirit that Paul was showing. He was urging them to have faith in God. And he said, yet now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who will sell with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Paul remains calm when all around him isn't. The ship's crew had plans that ran contrary to what Paul knew was right to do, but he sticks to his guns and speaks what God has put in his heart. If you read this chapter, you'll notice that Paul never loses his head. He never gets into a tizzy. He doesn't get into arguments. He just stays steady and calm throughout everything. And in verses 30 through 32, it says this, and as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. And if that's not enough, he encourages the men who had lost all hope. He says this in verses 33 through 37. And as day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all 267 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. Paul also exhibited a loving and thankful and hopeful spirit. We see this in verses 34 and 36. When he broke the bread with those on the ship, he gave thanks and he spoke a very encouraging word to them. Sometimes when you're smack dab in the middle of a storm, there appears to be a turnaround and you feel like you can exhale. This happened for Paul and his shipmates. Verse 13 says, now when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore. Verse 14, 
14, but soon a tempestuous wind called the nor'easter struck down from the land. Verse 15, and when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. How often does the south wind blow gently and we think we have obtained our purpose and we're ready to enter into our desired location when suddenly out of nowhere comes a tempestuous wind and our ships are caught and we can't face the wind, but we have to give way to it and just be driven along. How many of you can say amen to that, that you've experienced that? That's when life gets hard. That's when the rubber meets the road and you have to determine what kind of attitude you're going to have in the middle of the storm. When all of your expectations seem like they have been dashed, what are you going to do next? And no sooner than they had gone beyond the possibility of a safe retreat to fair havens, they were swallowed up by a catastrophe. This tempestuous wind was known to ancient seamen as Eurachlodon. It descended upon them in a most violent way. The Eurachlodon is a combination of two words. It's the word for the east wind, which is Euros, and the word for waves or rough water, which is Clydon. The ancient sailors were familiar with the Eurachlodon because it was a well-known storm that sailors always wanted to navigate away from, but you just never knew when it was going to come. Now, the boat they ha- that they were sailing on had no large sails besides the mainsail, so it was not equipped to deal with any extreme wind or weather such as they faced. And suddenly, their peaceful voyage was interrupted by this great storm, causing them to go into a frantic struggle to survive. And how often does a powerful Eurachlodon wedge itself between us and the thing that we are hoping for? From childhood to old age, disappointment sneaks up on us in a myriad of ways. But even in this, there is a refuge from disappointment. The sailors in Acts 27 had very little comfort that they could obtain their purpose. There was no harbor for them to go to. There was no safe place. But when the disappointment came to them, but just like Paul found a refuge, there is always a refuge for us, a safe haven for which we can find and hide in. And that haven is Jesus. If we ride the storm out, In the refuge of God, under the safety of his wing, we have an assurance that we will reach our shore safely. Maybe not in the manner that we wish, but he will bring us safely in. Now, the soldiers had a plan to kill the prisoners in case any of them swam away and escaped. But the centurion, who wanted to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. And he ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land and the rest on planks or pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to land. Those are verses 43 and 44 of chapter 27. So in one way or another, they all came safely to land, whether it was by swimming, floating a holding on for dear life to a piece of wood. And this is what Paul had prophesied in verse number 22. Now we can arrive to our safe harbor with the captain of a ship who steers us into port in a vessel that's whole, undamaged, where you dined beautifully, or we can reach the shores like Paul did and his fellow passengers on planks and broken pieces of the ship. But like I said, we will always reach the blessed shore if we stay in his refuge in his care. So trust God in your storm. Cling to him. Even when you have to throw everything overboard, everything that you thought would help you to make it, even if you have to throw those things overboard, 
trust God in your storm, even when you can't navigate because you can't see clearly. And even when you have to come to shore on bits of broken wood, trust God and cling to him. Paul knew his life would be spared because God had a work for him to do. He had to stand before Caesar since he was a prisoner at the time and wanted to exercise his right as a Roman citizen. So he appealed his case to Caesar. So he knew that he would not die on that ship because he had a word from the Lord and he held tightly to that word. Despite what he saw, despite how the storms came, despite the fact that they had to throw things overboard, despite the fact that the crew on the ship wanted to kill the prisoners, Paul never wavered in believing that he was going to make it safely to shore. So I pray that the same attitude that Paul had, that you can hold tight to that kind of attitude about God, that even if you're in the storm, you're right in the midst of it, and you have that Eurachlodon blowing and whipping through your life, know that you can trust God in your storm because he's a good father and he's the greatest navigator we could ever have. That's it for this episode of Unfolding Words. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you to those who have given financially to the podcast. It helps greatly in covering hosting and equipment costs. You can find the link in the show notes in your podcast app if you'd like to donate. Until next week, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.